Welcome to the Alternative Data Podcast. Welcome to the Alternative Data Podcast, powered by Exabel. I'm Mark Fleming-Williams. In this episode, I'm joined by Edward Igushev of TrueSource, the platform that helps providers to monetize their data. In our conversation, Edward and I discuss TrueSource's product, as well as the development and future of paying for data. FYI, I'm on paternity leave now and have left some podcast episodes to be released throughout the summer. So in this episode, I'm joined by Edward Igushev of True Source. Welcome, Edward. Uh, hello, and uh, thank you, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Um, so, Edward, why don't you? Why don't we begin by? Uh, why don't you just tell me very quickly what True Source does? Uh, if if we have a, like a one sentence description to it, would be that uh, we do a self serve monetization platform for data providers, so including alternative data providers. Brilliant. Okay. Um, and then why don't you, if you could start just by giving me a little bit of an introduction to yourself, perhaps about your, your background um, briefly. Yeah, sure. So uh, I started my career um, uh, in uh, fintech, actually in Deutsche Bank, and I was there uh, uh, kind of supporting, maintaining a trading platform. I uh, did it for a couple of years, and then I went to mail.ru and uh, uh, joined a uh, search search team. So we did a, uh, a kind of search engine. Uh, it was a pretty small team, but we managed to get like 7% of the market, local market. And then I got hired by Google. Uh, so I moved to California and um, I was there a part of the team uh, where we were building from scratch a, a, a machine learning and data analytical platform. So then I uh, left. From, from, I j- from, from Moscow to California must have been a bit of a culture shock. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it was an interesting move. <laughs> then, um, uh, so after Google, I joined a company called Glean, which is doing enterprise search. Um, it's a, a very successful company. Just recently raised a Series C. So I was there for about 18, 19 months. And about 18 months ago, I left to uh, found TrueSource. Fantastic. Excellent. So how did TrueSource come about? How did you, how did you realize that, that what the world needed was TrueSource? So it was my observation about the, with, when I was uh, looking at the various uh, data providers is that they all uh, kind of either lack very good way, very lack good technology stack for selling data, or it's very expensive for them. And uh, matter of fact, uh, most of those data providers who has the technology stack for selling data and for self-serve monetization, it's uh, very similar. So they, what they build, build internally is very similar. So we decided to, okay, we need to uh, solve it for, democratize this technology for uh, all sorts of data providers, large and small, and also which sells large uh, uh, categories of data. Okay, so how does it work? Somebody has, um, is this for somebody who realizes they have data and then don't know what to do with it? 
Or is this for somebody who is already selling data but wants to optimize or make it more efficient or whatever? How how does how does a customer journey look like when they when they come to TrueSource? Well, actually, it's both. So it doesn't matter if you already sell data or you just want to sell the data. So the problem with the uh, with uh, with the data partners they have now is that most of them they have two technology stacks. So one of them is to obtain the data and somehow massage it and prepare it for it to be sold. And another technology stack is to sell the data. And uh, the second one for to sell the data, it's usually kind of a second thought. It usually lacks resources. Uh, and as a result, data providers, they sell data, usually traditional direct sales. So which includes a loan sales cycle. Anything custom request from customers has to go to back to engineering to manually satisfy, and uh, as a result, they imply minimum purchase price, and they some leave lots of revenue on the table. Is this because is this because they're probably if you've if you've come up with a data source, then you're probably a data geek first and foremost. Yeah, and you exactly. You're you're more comfortable with the technical stuff than the commercial stuff, and so you're like, yeah, sure, data's the new oil. We can we can sell that. Fine. We just need to get the data really clean, and then we'll be millionaires. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. And the second <laughs> second technology stack is usually uh, underserved and lacks of resources. So, but there are large data providers, so like very established one, who uh, just to give you an example, who actually has uh, a good technology stack for selling data. Or sell data in a kind of retail fashion, or sell data in self-serve fashion. So an example would be, for example, Crunchbase. So Crunchbase, they do have not only data about all the funding events, but they have a very beautiful UX UI on top of this data. So anyone anyone can come to the platform, subscribe for their data for a certain price, and then consume the data with a beautiful UX UI. Or, for example, um, NLIFT, also the data providers about the technology stacks of companies. Also, they have a very beautiful UX UI, which allows um, uh, anyone to subscribe and consume the data. Or another example would be SaveGraph. So you can, go, you can come to SaveGraph and uh, just buy data per row. So you can select, I'm interested in all the restaurants in California, and it show you number of records, how much you can pay per record, and then just buy. So, and this is a kind of self-serve model. So those large data providers is, uh, uh, who has resources, they can build the self-serve model. So what we unlock for any data provider is to have exactly the same experience for their customers. So they can build this web store for their data. So anyone can, let's say, subscribe to this some beautiful UX UI where they consume data visually or just buy per, per row. So they can select, I'm interested in all the companies, let's say in, in United Kingdom, uh, for this for this certain type of data, and it would say, okay, the, it would cost you, let's say, uh, uh, fifteen hundred dollars, and you can just check out and buy. So you, uh, so as you mentioned, there are two technology stacks that anyone who wants to sell data needs. One is the is the kind of data preparing, and the other one is the commercial side. What TrueSource does is one hundred percent the commercial side. Is yes, that right? exactly, exactly. We we do not uh, uh, in the business of uh, yeah of uh, sourcing the data. We on the commercial side of how do, what's the technology stack for selling data? Yeah, exactly. And so you will. So you've talked about some some um, kind of best-in-class kind of outlets who've got a very good UX, UI experience um, uh, for um, for customers. W- what you do, are you providing a marketplace where they can they can just put their data in there and the, and the customers will come there? Or are you providing some kind of 
advice on on how to um, how to create the best UX UI experience, or are you providing a kind of bespoke thing which they can put on the front of their data? How, do, how what what do you look like? Well, so um, the first question: If we are marketplace, so we uh, not yet, so we do not we, we do not provide distribution to data providers. So we provide the technology stack so they can sell the data. So that's why we right now we uh, um, kind of uh, majority of our customers are businesses, data providers who uh, already sell data. So they're not new to selling data. So they know how to distribute, they know how to market. So, and we provide the technology stack. So we do not provide a distribution. But uh, on our roadmap, maybe a few years from now, when we have enough um, number of data providers on the platform, so we uh, want to start also building distribution to help our data providers to kind of sell the data. Mm. So what does your technology stack look like? Uh, what do you mean, like in terms of like particular technologies we use? No, 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 no. Um, in terms of uh, what does your commercial offering look like? How does it how does it fit into the data? How does it um, how uh, what does what does your product look like? Uh, what, what does it? Um, yeah. Can you describe it? Yeah, sure. So among all uh, data types, uh, so data, data formats, sorry, I would say we uh, uh, work currently with a tabular data or data which can be kind of expressed as a tabular in some tabular format. Uh, so that, uh, then data, providers, uh, data provider uploads this data to the platform in some form. So we usually handhold data providers. We uh, um, kind of tailor what they, how, they, how they actually provide the data. So we, we're kind of agnostic. We can work with any data provider. And um, and so there is, they can supply it through the, some large files, uh, flat files, or they can uh, feed it via our APIs. So and then we build out the uh, data product for them. So it starts with the UX UI. Then they tell us how they want this uh, storefront, how they want to monetize the data. Is that needs to be a subscription? Is that needs to be a payroll model? Uh, or uh, they, we also automatically build an API integration for the data provider. So once you, you have you once you have your data on TrueSource, then you can sell API integration to your customers. A lot of the history of of, of selling data has been perhaps uh, a kind of negotiation, a, a, a long phone call, a, a kind of a. Uh... Uh, it's been very people-based and rather kind of, uh, some could say old-fashioned in a way of that kind of relationship of, of let's talk, maybe haggling, you know, what's the price? No, we, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Are you facilitating, would you say, a move towards a kind of customer walks into a shop, uh, picks up the thing, knows how much it's going to be, uh, kind of can just take it to the checkout and do it themselves type thing. Are you Are you facilitating towards that or are you still... Um, how, do you do you see what I'm saying, or are you are you still with the, with the more old-fashioned model? Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. So we do facilitate a new way of selling data. So when you just build a storefront, and just anyone can come and uh, select what they want and just buy the data without involving uh, kind of loan those a loan sales cycle and negotiation process. So you just put the price. Let's say you're selling something for. Uh, 10 cents per record or it can be two dollars per record but you set a price and then anyone just selects what they want and uh, they buy the data this was the um, revolution in the middle of the 19th century which made retail possible as I understand it in terms of it I think it was Macy's which came along before before Macy's came along 
then every customer um, had to ask the guy behind the till to go and fetch the thing for him. And then they had to haggle for the price. Whereas what Macy's innovation was, was putting putting the putting the things out on the shop floor, allowing customers to interact with it, there being a set price, there was no haggling. And then suddenly retail took off essentially and and um and 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 retail stores and and you know it was a it was a brand new model it strikes me that that data's been waiting for this a little bit that actually a little bit of transparency a bit of clarity a you know you just got to make make it smooth and easy for the consumer yes exactly i actually have heard a different story about how the retail prices uh, came to be I've heard the story that uh, some merchant was too shy to talk to customers. So they put oh, really? just uh, price tags. Yeah, I don't know which story is true, but they was too shy to talk with customers. So they decided, okay, I'm just going to write down the prices and put in front of every product. And the model took off. It might have been the same guy. It might be, it might yeah. It might have been what we were talking about, same person, yes. Uh, he might have done it almost by mistake, but then it <laughs> turned into, into a great success. But um, but so, yeah, it seems like the idea of a data buyer being able to come and know, because surely the fact that we have this this um, this kind of information uh, blindness, really, in terms of the price of a data set isn't established necessarily in the market. It's 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 one which is negotiated. Um, surely that's just a product of it being a young and, and, and early market. I'm, I'm specifically thinking alternative data here. Um, and so that kind of clarity and that um that ability to to just get the data download it not have to haggle or interact with anyone that that does seem like it's kind of a step towards market maturity potentially yeah yeah i agree with that so and always like any market when you bring elasticity to that market you know you you pay as you go or you you have a, a less friction to to do something to buy something it's always always benefits both sides yes yes do you how do you see the um so how do you see the future of of so okay so first of all how much of your offering and your data providers how many of them would you describe as alternative data to providers is it a is it a large part of your market or just a part i would say not large for now uh, at about like 20 25% uh, customers, but it's uh, the alternative data is the fastest growing uh, segment among all data providers. So we expect it to be higher and higher. And so, perhaps, could you just describe the other seventy-five percent quickly? What kind of data provider is is looking to sell the data but hasn't worked out their UX UI, and who are they trying to sell it to? Oh yeah, sure. I can I can walk you through a couple of examples. So, for example, one data provider they building um, basically. Um, Crunchbase for crypto, so it's a subset a subset of Crunchbase, but specifically in crypto market. So they provide data about all the uh, crypto companies, all the crypto uh, investors, and all the funding events. So you can and what we build out for them, it looks like very similar to Crunchbase, but it's a it's in a very niche market uh, for crypto for crypto companies. So um, another example would be very interesting uh, data provider. They're very niche, also they. Uh, source data about all the music events, artists, venues, and promoters. So it's uh, all the events uh, happening in music industry, and they uh, they build this also kind of crunchbase like experience, and they they sell this data, market and sell this data within the music industry. So it's also kind of on the other side there is a music professionals who buy the data. 
So uh, another example, we had a few uh, pure financial companies, they, uh, sorry, financial data providers. So they sell data to, uh, to uh, financial, fin within financial industry. And it's quite interesting when you said about uh, retailing the data, we had a few uh, customers who, uh, they don't actually build like a storefront so anyone can come and just buy the data. They they found out that some of their actually uh, large customers, like hedge funds who buy the data in bulk, they still need a convenient way to consume the data via UX UI for their, uh, for their employees. So, and they also uh, came to us for that. And uh, so we built out like a, a really nice uh, uh, data product. So they so uh, inside those hedge funds, people could could consume the data. Um, Talking, I mean, what kind of so is it data set uh, data set value agnostic? What you offer in terms of if somebody is trying to buy, I don't know if if some of the data sets that you that you work with might be, I don't know, it could be a thousand a thousand dollars versus perhaps an alternative data set might be up to forty thousand dollars or higher. Is there, are you, are you, are you working with, with the, the full range and are you, are you, um, do you see it as a different offering that you have to give for each? Oh, no, no, we're fully agnostic. The, the, but the reason I ask is because, and I'm still dwelling on this kind of, mm -hmm. um, just click and buy and this kind of fair value question, because if, um, because it's easier to commoditize a $1,000 data set than a $40,000 data set. And potentially it's the fact it might be the same thing as going to, you know, going into Cartier to buy diamonds. Then you want a bit more of a conversation than just walking in, grabbing it and walking out type thing. So I'm just wondering if there is, um, if that commercialization, uh, is, if that, if that could be a reason for the kind of slowness and the relationship aspect of the sales. Uh, well, that's a good question for the for the data parties who are charging millions of dollars. Like, I think this inevitable to have a conversation with a, a buyer. Uh, so we are agnostic to the price. So uh, data parties can put any price. So they can put, let's say, subscription model. It can be fifteen dollars per month, or it can be fifteen hundred dollars per month. Uh, or when they sell per row, it can be one cent per row, or it can be a, a couple of dollars per row. So we we totally agnostic to the pricing uh, to the pricing model. But the matter of fact, um, usually data providers, and this is where uh, data providers they unlock new revenues for them usually with true source because when they used to sell data for hundreds of thousands of dollars, they was leaving on the table lots of revenue for the smaller buyer. Um, and who who didn't want to pay hundreds of thousands? They were interested in some geographical area of their data or some category in their data, and then just pay a few hundreds dollars and just buy and walk away with that data. So it usually uh, usually data providers will not facilitate uh, kind of transactions which uh, they have now, like this large transaction. We unlock new streams of revenue for them with a medium and smaller buyer. So your sweet spot is really the, the, the smaller buyers, the smaller transactions, because that tends to be less relationship based because it's more of a kind of, yeah, sure. I'll, 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 I'll buy that for that, that cost. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. This is our, this is what we do currently. So on our roadmap is to facilitate all types of transactions. So our dream is actually, uh, in our North star, if you will. So we want to, uh, completely, abstract out data provider and data consumer. So the data providers can, uh, let's say, refresh data daily 
uh, via API and the data consumer want to uh, consume data on a weekly basis, having those diffs in a CSV format. Or like it doesn't matter how, you, how the data is provided and how the data is consumed. We want to completely abstract out data provider and data consumer and facilitate all types of transaction. It's a small one, a large one. Uh, uh, and uh, this is our North Star and this is what we're building. So right now we are focused on, the, uh, on how do we unlock this additional revenue for data providers with a small and medium buyer. And uh, uh, some data providers, they actually has a, a very surprise how, how much the revenue they were leaving on the table. And I can give you an example. We had a data providers who were selling data about um, uh, purchases made in large retail stores like Macy's and Nordstrom's uh, of the world, you know, and uh, how, how they're doing, like what they're selling and how they're doing. So they used to sell this data only to uh, hedge funds because this, this just, that's what they thought the primary consumer for the data. But when they were starting using TrueSource, uh, they uh, unlocked a new additional streams of revenue with the, actually there was lots of stores around, mumps and pump stores who would subscribe to this data for, uh, uh, I don't remember the price, but like $25 per month. They just want a sneak peek on what Nemesis and Nordstrom selling. So it's like a different type of customer, small and medium customer, who also wanted to consume the data. Bring it back to alternative data mm-hmm. um, and uh, that 25% fast-growing part of your market. Um, what do you think you, what's your, what's the great value that you offer to an alternative data provider? Because one of the, one of the, exactly that one of the values I can immediately see is this kind of the commoditization, the easy click, the yes, I'll buy at that cost there, then the data comes flowing in, you know, that kind of almost Amazon experience of, look, I want this data. I go and get it. There it is. There's the price off I go. But for the larger cap and the larger ticket purchases, What's your what's your major major um, value add at the, at the moment for them? So this is actually where we're just building out uh, technologies to facilitate large transactions. Uh, but our kind of main value proposition there will be uh, abstracting out the technologies uh, technology requirement between the provider and, and consumer. So as I mentioned, for example, provider can uh, refresh data daily via API integration, or they might upload some. Uh, JSON files to to true source, let's say, and the consumer uh, they can consume data in their own cadence. So they want to let's say weekly difference, weekly diff between uh, what had what happened within the week. So and we we will facilitate all of that. Uh, like how how it's no matter how data is provided, uh, you can consume data uh, any any way you want. One thought, um, mm-hmm. I have uh, I had a recent guest on this podcast who, who had an interesting suggestion, which was interesting idea, which is um, a remunerating a data provider for the value that their data created. So uh, that the future of the commercialization of data is that actually, if let's say a hedge fund buys the data from a data provider um, and then the data provider ends up with a percentage of the value that that, that, that hedge fund created with that data set. Um, have you ever heard of anything like that? Can you see that as a future? Is that, uh, can you, uh, is that in your vision? Well, uh, 
actually, yes, we we've heard few uh, interestingly investors asking if we want to do that. Not customers yet, but uh, actually investors ask if we want to do that. And this is something which we uh, will be thinking about because actually, like uh, we ourselves, our pricing model is also uh, tailored. We have some. A platform fee, but we mostly when the, since we unlock the new revenue channels, we mostly charge our customer some revenue share. And I think when interests are aligned, like the more money they make, the more money we make. It's it's a uh, it's it it's benefits everyone. So when the interests are aligned, so I totally see the future where uh, someone will be paid for the uh, for the data exactly some percentage of what's the value this data has provided. Do you have a view on on the going further up the chain to um, some of that money might trickle backwards up to perhaps the the individual that the data came from in the first place? Is that so? This 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 conversation I had was about really getting data moving and actually getting the money moving the other way, all the way, making it a proper market. It seems to me the reason why I'm asking you is that it seems to me like you are directly involved in the commercialization of data and these are the kinds of things that you might be able to enable is actually moving data in one direction and money in the other direction mm-hmm. um and so you know getting those getting those wires which have got the data traveling over them making them a little bit smarter and 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 getting things moving a bit more i, I um do you uh do you do you have a kind of um where do you think data is going? It's a bit of a big question. <laughs> well, well, this is a very. There, I know there is a few companies uh, in the space who are already kind of toying with this idea. I would say so. They're trying to pay out uh, actually the consumers uh, directly to for uh, when they provide the data, and then they they package this data and they sell to well, whoever wants to buy a consumer data. But what they want to do is they want to f- actually the end person whose data being sold benefit from the data. So I know there is a few companies on the market who are actually uh, kind of playing with this with this idea, and I think that's actually a very very good idea to have a, a, a kind of a person who 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 provides this data actually also have some uh, benefits, even if it's going to kind of form in the form of some discount for the purchases they make. Like it's still a value, and that that. It's almost it's almost happening already, isn't it? It's it's uh, like if you're if you're a customer and you're and you're and you've opted in into your phone to allow your data to be used, then you get potentially. I don't know if it's happening already, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was. You're getting some kind of preferential treatment as a result of making your data available. That you could get some credit or some. I don't know. You know that that's that's very easy to to imagine. Um, I am reminded of, and I and I haven't seen it talked about so recently but tim berners lee in the 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 creator of the World Wide web was talking three four five years ago about creating um individual data wallets essentially where everyone would have their own data in a wallet and then would grant access to um com- companies or corporations or whatever uh and receive payment for it um so that i don't know I don't know. As a as a as a business founder in the last two years of doing in this kind of world, is that um, I just wonder if you should be if if this is the kind of thinking that 
you should be um, preparing for the, the the kind of world that you should be preparing for. If that, or if or if you can't build a company right now with that in mind because it's too pie in the sky, it's too it's too kind of you know ethereal at the moment. I, I think it's I think it's a very a good idea, and uh, uh, I was thinking about it quite some time myself. Also, like I uh, when I would like to own my data and uh, and have it in my own kind of place uh, in my own storage. It doesn't matter. It can be like a, another software or, uh, but I would like to have anything from my financial data to even my fitness data. But I think it's uh, lots of headwinds will be from the companies who right now possess this data to, uh, to, sh- to give it back to the consumers. So I think it's a very great idea, but uh, uh, it's, it's a long way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't see like companies voluntarily saying, oh, okay, instead of storing this data in our proprietary format and our service, we're going to store it in some of uh, uh, in your in your data 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 wallet. Brilliant. Okay, but here we are. Um, who would you like to hear from? What would you? What are you? What are you hoping for from this podcast? Uh, well, we uh, young company, and uh, of course, I like to joke that. Every startup is a three-sided marketplace uh, between customers, users, uh, engineers, and investors. So, and you have to kind of make the wheel spinning uh, for all three for all three sides of this uh, marketplace. So, uh, and of course, we're looking for uh, data providers. Uh, first of all, so uh, anyone who is interested in uh, unlocking new revenues for their data uh, or just building a much better experience for their customers. So please, please reach out. Uh, and we're currently in fundraising mode. So if any uh, investors uh, working with uh, data in data business, so please also reach out. And of course, we also hiring right now. We're hiring engineering and we're hiring uh, sales, uh, salespeople. So anyone who is uh, sales in, the, uh, in this market and embedded into the uh, market of, uh, within data, uh, data providers and alternative data providers, and would like to join our team. So we also would like to hear from you. Brilliant. That's a lot of people. They need to, I uh, hope, they, hope, they, hope they get busy. Um, Edward, thanks so much. Um, really interesting to, to hear about the company and, um, and, and it all sounds very exciting. So um, best of luck with it. And um, yeah, best of luck for the future. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me. You're very welcome.